Hey there everybody, Franklin Taggart here with the virtual coffee break. Here is my coffee, grab your beverage, and let's chat for just a minute. Um, the thing that I am thinking about today is called fishing in the wrong pond. And what that is all about is that I know a lot of folks who are professional service providers, coaches, consultants, um, counselors, therapists, etc., 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 and they really have a difficult time finding the clients that they want to work with. And they end up gravitating to groups of people that have other coaches, other therapists, other professionals like them, and they end up then um, offering services to people like themselves, and they, they find that um, those fields are very competitive, they're very crowded, and they're very noisy. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that because I think it has something to do also with sometimes why musicians and authors and um, artists have a difficult time finding their audience as well. Um, I really feel like that a lot of times we overlook the fact that um, the, the work that we're bringing into the world, whether it be business or creative work or whatever it is, is really intended to serve um, certain people. And one of the things that happens when we are so, um, I, I think one of the things that happens with, with people who are in those situations where they're hanging around with other people who are doing the same thing, like artists go to artist meetings and authors go to authors meetings and authors groups, and they're not making connections with people who are actually the intended audience for what they do. And they're also hanging around people who are less likely to buy what they have to offer. For example, it's like you go to a coaching uh, Facebook group and you've got 20,000 coaches who are all trying to sell coaching to other coaches. Now I know that there are a lot of coaches who, who do buy coaching services, but what's really interesting there is that most of them have not found their coach through a coaching group on Facebook. They found them in other places. And so the thing that I wanted to talk about is that, yes, it is important to have peer relationship relationships. And yes, it is important to have um, those groups of people that uh, understand what it's like to be in your profession. I, th I do feel like that there's a real strong need for that. But that's not the that's not necessarily the group of people who's gonna buy what you have created or what you're putting out there. So fishing in the wrong pond just simply means that you're not reaching the people who your work is intended for. One of the ways that I help people get to that information is something that I've talked about at least once before, maybe a couple of times. But I've noticed, especially with people like who are in creative professions, that there are kind of three three stages of their their development. The first stage is when they're mastering their craft. They're just learning how to do it right. They're learning how to do it well. And as they learn how to do their craft really well, they become capable of self-expression, which is the second level. Now, people who are really capable in the area of self-expression actually that is where most of them start making their money if they are trying to make a profession out of their creative work. There's a third level, though, that I really feel like we, we have to look at if we, want to, if we want to reach a wider audience. 
And that is that when people get really good at self-expression, one of the things that becomes possible for them is that they can serve a much larger purpose than just themselves. Um, and that is where I feel like that most of us need to be focusing our, our work in terms of the audience that we attract. What is the bigger purpose of the work, right? And so if you're an artist, is there, you know, we're going beyond self-expression and self-expression becomes a conduit to serve something on a, on a larger scale. I've talked about Robert Wyland before. He's an, he's an artist that I look at as an exemplary uh, figure in this way. In the 100 Wailing Walls uh, project that he did and the, the advocacy that he has um, that he has done through his art for uh, the preservation of marine life and marine species. I think Robert Wyland is just, he's at the upper echelon of what I'm talking about. But I can think about it on smaller scales too. I can think about people that I know. Um, for instance, there are a couple of local filmmakers who have really taken it upon themselves to tell stories um, that need to be addressed locally. Um, Sherry Dew and uh, Mona Major um, here in Colorado, um, they just released a, a film in the past year. Maybe it's been a little bit longer, kind of happened in the midst of all the COVID stuff, but they just released a film called Watering the West that is all about um, one of our local rivers and all of the different angles that water rights are uh, are on the table here in Colorado. It's a really critical local issue, but they are bringing the talent that they have as filmmakers to tell that very important story. In doing so, they are they're finding an audience that is much bigger than other filmmakers or are much bigger than other storytellers. It is um, they they're creating work for an audience of everyone who's connected to water rights in the West. That's a large group of people, right? So the, the potential scope for their work is really, really broad. Now, yeah, they've got to come up probably with some opportunities and resources to reach the, all of those people. But the work that they're doing is serving a much bigger purpose. They've mastered their craft. They've already proven that. Uh, um, one of the films that they made a few years ago was all about the plight of musicians in northern Colorado. And then they've also done um, a wonderful film on a neighborhood in Fort Collins um, that has been fighting against the powers of gentrification <laughs> for many, many years and, and all of the things that went into that. They're telling stories that are really important not only to our local communities, but also to other communities who are facing the same thing. Another example of it, um, or I've got my, my good friend, Teresa Funk is someone that I look at who has, she really worked hard as a self-published author to create a fiction for both young readers and adult readers, um, about world war II. And those books were fantastic. They're, you know, they reached a pretty decent crowd. But one of the things that started to happen is that as Teresa worked on her blog, she started to realize that she had a message that it was for a larger group of people. 
And that is people who just want to be more creative in their life. And that purpose is something um, that she shifted over to begin serving with her blog. And then she took some of the articles from that blog and created a book called Bursts of Brilliance for a Creative Life. I think that that's a really good example of someone who is, she's finding a potentially new audience, a much broader audience. And that is not necessarily easy, but it is a part of that shift into that third level of development that creative people go through. Now I've seen a similar thing happen with businesses. Um, as coaches develop their skills, they become very, very agile in, in delivering coaching services. But ultimately even that reaches a plateau and there, there comes a time for many coaches where they go into that, that third level of development where they are, um, they're becoming an advocate um, on a much greater level for a larger group of people serving a bigger purpose. So those are the things that I, I want to mention here is that if you're having a difficult time finding the audience that is looking for what you do. I think one of the things that you've got to identify then, what is the bigger purpose that's being served by your work, right? Now, one of the things that I found is that um, for my music, when I was, you know, doing music full time, um, my my bigger purpose that I discovered was that ultimately I want my music to help people feel better. It was, it was a, a factor in healing emotionally, even if it's just for the length of a five minute song, that purpose gave my music a context that my self-expression never could. So when it became about making, uh, making music in the purpose of f helping people feel better, all of a sudden the gigs that I was taking took on a whole new light. The purpose was much more clear. I didn't have as much pressure on myself for, for approval and acceptance. What I really wanted to do was I wanted people to feel better at the end of the night than they did before. Right? So a lot of times I was playing in bars and people weren't there necessarily to listen to music. They were just there to have a good time. So my goal became helping them have a good time, right? And as I did that, I started to enjoy my role a lot more. And I started to have a lot more resonant experiences with people in the crowd. And I started to have a greater sense um, that my music was serving a bigger purpose than just sharing my point of view with the world. Still important, but as it became a bigger purpose, all of a sudden, opportunities started to happen that um, that were more satisfactory to me, right? So those are my thoughts for today. Um, I hope these coffee breaks are helpful to you. And I hope that uh, you'll go out and buy Teresa's book, Bursts of Brilliance for a Creative Life. Um, I'll put a link in the description for you. I think I've mentioned it before as well. But remember that um, wherever you are in your stages of development, you just have to be there for a while. 
But we're always growing. We're always learning. We're always coming into new opportunities for expansion. And as long as we're taking them, life is full. Have a good whatever it is where you are, and I will look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Um, I don't have um, I don't have a long episode uh, planned for tomorrow, but I do think that I will be sharing some in- insights about um, some relationship lessons, uh, business relationship lessons that I've learned along the way that you might find very interesting. So. I'll be back again tomorrow. It will be a coffee break, but it may be a little bit longer coffee break. Be ready. Have your juice ready to go. We'll talk to you then. So long.